This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm so glad to have back on the podcast, Megan Hill. Megan is a pastor's wife living in Massachusetts and is an editor for the Gospel Coalition. She's also the author of several books, most recently one called Patience, Waiting with Hope. I love the title and subtitle of that book, and I'm intrigued to know more. Megan and her husband have four children, three boys and one girl, and they belong to West Springfield Covenant Community Church. And Megan, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Champ. Absolutely. So I am looking forward to hearing what passage you have for us today. Yes. So I'm going to be reading from Philippians 3, verse 1. And Paul says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Okay, so let's just dive in. What's Paul talking about here? He's talking about writing the same things. What things? Why is it safe? What's going on? Yeah, so I love this verse because I think the Apostle Paul had to repeat himself a lot right? In his letters to various churches, you know, he's talking to the Corinthians and he's trying to remind them of the basis of the Christian faith. And when he's talking to the Galatians, they're they're in trouble with believing wrong things and he's reminding them of what's true. And then with the Philippians, he keeps repeating himself about their need to rejoice. So the Apostle Paul is somebody who knew about repeating himself a lot. And yet, you know, champ, when you and I have to repeat ourselves, it sometimes makes us annoyed. And the Apostle Paul doesn't seem annoyed here. He seems actually really happy to have to repeat himself. Yeah. So obviously he's wanting what's really best for the people that are reading his letter. He loves them and he's calling on them to rejoice. Why do you think he's wanting to give this message to them, even if it means repeating himself? Well, he says, it's no trouble to me and it's safe for you. So I think he's saying, this is what is really good for you to hear. And it's good for you to hear the importance of knowing the Lord and finding joy in him. And because I love you so much, Philippians, he's saying, doesn't bother me to have to say it again. So what's the story here with you and this verse? Obviously, God has put this verse on your mind and in your heart, but there's a story here of how this has happened in your life. What's God done with this verse in you? Yeah. So I'm a mom and I have four kids. And if you're a parent listening, or if you're a kid listening, you know that in a family, you end up saying the same things a lot of times. And so, (laughs) you, you know, the moms and dads end up saying all the time, put your shoes away, hang up your coat, you know, don't forget dinner's in five minutes. The kids end up saying, mom, did you remember to buy those granola bars I asked for? Did you remember to do my laundry? You know, There are things that we end up saying to each other in the family a lot of time. And I sometimes find myself getting annoyed that I have to say that the same things again. And one day, one of my friends read me this verse and she said, this verse has really helped me not to be annoyed when I have to repeat myself because the apostle Paul in the power of Christ didn't get annoyed when he had to repeat himself. And that verse has stuck with me ever since. And so sometimes when I'm reminding the fourth person to put their shoes away, I just say to myself, it's no trouble for me and it's safe for you. (laughs) Yeah. And that's good for me to hear as a dad 
dad as well. So yeah, that really resonates. But let's also go to like what he's reminding them to do, which is to rejoice. And I think if I said to one of my kids, well, you need to be happy, it would come across as saying, you just have to like fix your emotions. And is Paul saying that? Is he saying something more than that? What What's he telling them to do? Yeah, so this is actually the fourth, um, no, it's the third time in the letter that he said it. He's going to say it the second and third time, really. He's going to say it again then in um, chapter four, and he's already said it in Philippians two. So it's kind of the theme of this letter to the Philippians is joy. Right. And he he talks about some different kinds of joy that they have. They have joy in their salvation. So he wants them to remember that Christ died for them and they belong to Christ. And so no matter what else is going on in their lives, the fact that they belong to Christ and they're going to live forever with him and that he's making them holy by his spirit. That's a reason for joy. He calls them to be joyful in the fact that the gospel is going out. And so he tells this church about the ways that God is using him to share the good news of Jesus with other people and invites them to rejoice with him in that. So there's this joy that we have, even when things in our own life are hard to know that throughout the world, people are hearing about Jesus and coming to faith. Then he talks to them about having joy in knowing Christ and in following his example and walking in his ways in the way that just following Christ can give us joy and knowing that Christ is being formed in us and we're becoming more like Christ and we're getting to know him more as we walk in his ways. And that can give us joy even when things are hard in our life. So this isn't just a command of Paul's to rejoice, whether we feel like it or not, irrespective of everything else. It's saying, no, there's a context. And the context is, look at all that Christ has done for us. So we should rejoice no matter what's going on. So why do you think this is difficult? If Christ has done all these things for us, and I think all of us would say, yes, he has. He came, he lived, he suffered, he died, he rose again, all for us. This is true. Why does he have to remind us to rejoice? Shouldn't we just rejoice naturally? Why is this so difficult? Yeah, I think that we're always tempted to pay attention to what's right in front of our face. And so, it's the, the things that are the homework that didn't get done or the bad day we've had or the way we're feeling not very good or the way our relationships, people seem to be angry with us or we're frustrated. Those are the things that are right in front of our face. Right. And those are the things that we're tempted to focus on. And those things can steal our joy. And so Paul is encouraging us to look beyond that. And, you know, in the end of Philippians, then Paul has that section where he talks about, you know, I've... I've had a lot and I've been hungry. You know, I've had abundance and I've been needy. You know, he talks about I've been low and I've been high. And he says, I've had all these hard circumstances, all these different circumstances, mm -hmm. but there's one constant thing. And that is that I've known Christ through it all. And so I think that's what he's reminding us. You know, circumstances come and go and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad. Mm -hmm. But having Christ through it all, that's the thing that's important and constant. And then that's really where our joy rests. Mm, that's so good. So what if you were talking to one of your kids and they said, yeah, mom, I hear that. I get that. But that's not how I'm feeling right now. And if I'm going to walk around with a smile on my face and saying, I'm rejoicing, even though I'm not rejoicing, isn't that being a hypocrite? How do I obey this in a way that's actually authentic? I think seeking to obey, even when you don't feel like it, is not hypocrisy. You know, I mean, that the Lord calls us to rejoice. And so trying to 
trying to obey in the help of the Holy Spirit and imperfectly, but that's not hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. I think also we sometimes think that joy does mean, oh, I have to have a spring in my step and a smile on my face. And that's not necessarily true. Joy is remembering what's true and trusting the Lord in that, you know, and so it's reminding ourselves, Jesus, you died for me. And even though I'm not feeling it right now, I trust that that is what's good and that that's a good thing. And it's also calling out to the Lord for help. Lord, help me. I don't feel like rejoicing. Please give me your joy. You know, David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation, right? So he was praying to God, hey, I need it to be restored. I don't have it right now, but please restore it to me. And we can ask the Lord to restore that to us. So let me read it again. And then we get to ask the Lord to help us be joyful as well. This is Philippians 3, verse verse. It says this, In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me, and it is a safeguard for you. What a great verse. Megan, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Could you close our time by asking the Lord to give us this kind of rejoicing? Sure. Father in heaven, we thank you that we can come to you in prayer. Lord, we confess to you that we are not always joyful, that sometimes we're grumpy and annoyed and frustrated. We confess this to you and we pray that you would change our hearts. We pray that you would give us joy. We thank you that you are a God who gives us many things to rejoice in, that above all, you are the God of our salvation. And we pray that you would help us to find our joy in the salvation that you have given us today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.